Heavenly Father, we just come here today, day by day by day, to see Thee more clearly, to love Thee more dearly. And in the, the words of uh, ye old like Michael Tate, I got to take it day by day. So uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring it up right now. So this is the second time we're recording this episode. The first time. Uh, I tried to edit the show with three or four different overlapping audio feeds, and I just broke down crying. And so I asked these two wonderful women if they would come back, if I could try their patience a little bit more, uh, come back on the show, and they agreed. So we recorded this originally last Wednesday, um, but Luke and I already had one in the can from Sunday. And so uh, we're going to do this, and I'm going to turn it around hopefully tonight, and by Friday, this will be the the uh, the episode being broadcast to the world. So. We're joined today with uh, the two women who have founded Eden Invitation, EdenInvitation.com, uh, Anna Carter and Shannon Ochoa. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hi. It's always awkward. Like, I never, like, how are you doing today? Like, I never know what to say there. <laughs> A full salutation. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> ahoy, ahoy. Um, yeah. Oh. So, anywho. <laughs> ahoy, ahoy. So, let's just get started where we... <laughs> where we should get started so anna you went to franciscan huh i did yeah we overlapped i think by one semester when did you when did you start uh, uh fall of 05 yeah i was there because i was doing my victory lap <laughs> nice victory i was probably afraid of you <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest you knew who i was go on because she was a freshman girl, Luke. That's not something to be proud of. <laughs> no one, no one it, it needs to know about the secrets, Gomer. Yeah, except that we bring it up every episode we talk about it. Um, <laughs> Can I tell you guys a great story about that time? Uh, sure, Luke. You're going to anyway. <laughs> so I was genuinely like trying to talk to this girl because I thought she was really cute. And we were at um, the coffee shop. This is like, she's a freshman. This is my fifth year, keep in mind. And I'm talking to her. <laughs> and it turns out, and like halfway through the conversation, halfway through our chat, she goes, yeah, so like I'm 17. I was like, wait, what? Goes, yeah, I'm, I'm 17. I was like, never mind. I completely just checked out. I just checked out. It was obvious to everyone else. Like Luke is now not talking to her at all. Yep. <laughs> I don't even remember her name. I'm going to tell you who it was. Oh, that's sad. One, one time I was talking to my wife. And I said, Shannon, when you were at Franciscan, when you were a senior, would you ever have dated a freshman? And she's like, oh, my gosh. He must have been, he must be like someone amazing for me to, for a senior to date a freshman. Like, no way. And I go, okay, let me ask you this question. When you were a senior in college, would you ever have dated a senior in high school? And she's like, no, <laughs> no, no. That's just, that's just and then she looked at me and she's like, why are you smiling? And I'm like, because when I was a senior in high school, you were a senior in college. <laughs> oh, because we met when she was in grad school. <laughs> I was going to let the awkward sound just said there's linger. Much older woman. Much, much older woman. Yeah. So what did you get your uh, degree in? Theology and catechetics. How, how original. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. And you graduated in 09? I did. What a great memory from last week. Well, that, that, yes, and that's when I went. Uh, I went back to finish my graduate degree in 09. That's, and, our, that's our overlap. Oh, yeah, because I would have been gone in May, so. Yeah. And yep, which yep, 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 nerd yep. household were you in because it wasn't AMD, <laughs> AMDG? Well, this isn't an issue about, uh, or this isn't a podcast about trans issues, so no, I was not in AMDG. Um, <laughs> that's not what I, I meant, I'm sorry. <laughs> well played. <laughs> and Carrie Domini. What what was with the awkward silence there? No, no, no. no. The the audio oh, was getting out a little. Yeah. Bit. Oh, Carrie Domini. Oh, oh, Ringer, you have lied to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you were in Carrie Domini. Carrie Domini. I was. Yes. Nice. Just kidding. We we have a lot of friends in Carrie Domini. Yeah, they good I, people. I, I know some of them. Uh huh. Oh, nice. uh -huh. I've heard things. Wait, what? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the, the, the like, sad part is my brain goes to which things have you heard? Like, there could yeah. be several. <laughs> yeah, Luke immediately begins uh, hemming and hauling. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Going to the old Rolodex. <laughs> now, not to make shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I mean, I am kind of. <laughs> So just like any meeting with Franciscan students, we immediately make the non-Franciscan person seem out of Be place. Left out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Shannon, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm great. I'm great. Enjoying my non Franciscan life. No. <laughs> great. How's how's the past week been? The week has been great. Yeah, just uh, busy, busy, busy. Weddings, fun things like that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Now you went to the University of Wisconsin Madison. Yes, I did. Go Badgers. Go Bucks. <laughs> Do you get Never. excited about Badgers? Is that like a is that like a thing like in the Honestly, sports ball world? Like, like Badgers didn't. If you're speaking about the actual animal, I like did not give a shit about the badger until I went to school there, and then everybody had that like honey badger <laughs> video. Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, people do get really pumped at this local zoo. There's badgers, and everyone freaks out about them. So yeah, it's, <laughs> nice. it's really weird. <laughs> the badger looked at me. The badger looked. That's at how me. I feel every time I pass um, Buckeye chocolates. Very oh, exciting. There, there you go. Yeah. We had like okay. a whole chant and song for the Buckeyes at games, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> Gosh. The last line was like making fun of your mascot. Your mascot is a nut. And yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, how I hate Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we are probably the most obnoxious fans in American college. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. something special to say about. <laughs> about Texas A&M fans because Texas A&M fans are not just fanatical about like their sports ball team. They are fanatical about being on campus at Texas A&M. If you've <laughs> never encountered them, which y'all are, are more so up North, uh, they are, they are fanatical about it. And they have this whole, they have these, they're very into their traditions and cheers and all this stuff. I can't, I can't. It's a big thing. Yeah. We had a few <laughs> Aggies that didn't met. So Mm-hmm, and they, mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know it's sucks. funny like at franciscan we didn't really have like you, you supported the rugby <laughs> team you know it's like what are you gonna, yeah barons go, do good now they have ncaa sports but they didn't when we were there no and so it, there's no like sports culture there yeah. so it's not like so it's more like uh yeah scott Hahn. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey i will have you know i was a three mm-hmm. sports intramural athlete and Ooh, that, yeah. that's a big deal. <laughs> that really like narrows it down. <laughs> oh, Frisbee, gosh. volleyball, and basketball. You're tall. Uh, flag football, actually. Go figure. Oh, flag football. <laughs> I forgot about nice. that. One. Uh, the one sport I actually did, I forgot about. Can I tell you the story <laughs> about when we came back and won the double? When the sorry, when the Bayside Tigers came back and won the A intramural championship game in 2004 with 28 seconds left, down by six points. The greatest sporting <laughs> moment of my life. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Bayside Tiger. I, I like wow. told my wife about it. The um, the like other night, she goes like, "Wow, it's it's really cool." Anyways, back to like <laughs> like bunch. I was like, "No, no, no, you didn't understand." Six points, twenty eight seconds left, and we won. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. That is neat. Yeah. So yeah, that is. Can I can I tell you about why I have a heavy heart? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and then we'll go into the whole like who you guys are, blah, blah, blah. So um, we're going out of town tomorrow. Tomorrow's the Thanksgiving holiday. We're driving three hours to uh, deep into Kentucky. And we had to drop off our dogs at the pet resort by our, our house. And I was a wreck for a solid two hours afterward. Like a wreck. My, I was so anxious and my heart was like hurting. It was, I did not expect it to be that bad. That's all. Because because mm. you dropped your dogs off? Yeah, because they were like by themselves <laughs> in this thing, and I just wanted Missing them to be them? okay. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> like, I like, came home, and they like weren't there to like, you know, come like run to like um, run towards the door. To, to ignore you and stare <laughs> at your wife? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they just fly right by me and go straight <laughs> to my wife. But I was like, honestly, I was surprised at how much, because I just don't want them to feel like alone. And, you know, it just, it's just, I was surprised. They're going to be with other dogs. <laughs> I know. They'll be fine. And they're going to be like, this is much better than, than like your shithole of, a, of an apartment at 34, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have nothing to say. I can't have, I can't have pets because my kids are all allergic. To oh. Can, do you know the heartbreak of getting your child a puppy? And then your child being so violently allergic, you have to get rid of that dog after a week. Yeah, what did yeah. you do with the dog? Yeah, that was. I had to put it down. No, I gave it. We had to pull the old old yeller. 
<laughs> yeah, the old Yeller style. <laughs> so the reason why, now that it's been 10 minutes and we've done our witty banter. Get that out of the way. What Some of the things that I want to point out to our listeners is we have show notes. And these show notes, sometimes I spend a lot of time on these show notes. For the love of God, please look at the show notes. But in it, you will find links to pretty much everything that we will discuss here today. Um, we have uh, Shannon has done an excellent, what's about, it's about a five-minute video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That really well done. Who did the who did that video? That was spot on. Sacred Stories, yeah, phenomenal organization. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So he put that together. Cameron O'Hearn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was great. It really was. And uh, so uh, your video is in the show notes. And Anna, I think you said your video is coming out like maybe in January or later. Well, let's maybe. call it Winter 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess we're on an like like a Apple uh, Apple timeline. Uh, sometime <laughs> later this year. That's the most like ministry thing like ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I'm going to. It's just oh, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, millennials. Uh, my <laughs> gifts are in communication, not in detail orientation. Mm, that didn't make mm, a lot of sense. Sorry. <laughs> so, no. So let's talk about Eden Invitation. Yeah, Eden Invitation. Now, when did you all start this? Uh, outwardly, it would have started with uh, Anna's blog post with Nets Ministries back in end of April. End of April. So we've been okay. doing this for like six or seven months now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And by doing this, you mean specifically running the website, the blog, the videos, and you mostly speak at Theology on Tap, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and okay. doing you know just doing a lot of. Uh, planning and uh, just some kind of behind the scenes curriculum development and all sorts of refining of messaging. And there's, there's a lot we want to build towards uh, and it's just kind of trying to lay that groundwork now. That's awesome. What do you mean by curriculum development for like what for? Oh yeah. Boom. Just drop that bomb. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. So, I mean, I am a, I'm a catechist by trade. Uh, and so really trying to put together some resources that look at same sex attraction uh, but from a personalist perspective, you know, from uh, that, just kind of going back to the beginning, a Genesis-based anthropology, you know, who are we as male, as female embodied with a complementarity, right? With a sexual complementarity. So kind of explaining the church's teachings on uh, sexual identity, sexual orientation in light of that fuller picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Shannon, you studied, you minored in gender and women's studies. And part of your testimony is that you were searching and, and trying to figure out what it meant to be mm-hmm. a woman and your identity mm-hmm. struggling with uh same-sex attraction when you were very very little um what would <laughs> i'm thinking like what would your college professors say about what you're doing now oh they think i'm crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i went to school at a at a state school and where in the most like liberal progressive city in in wisconsin and to say that, yes, I experience these same-sex attractions, but I am choosing to pursue church teaching and not acting on them, I would have been looked at, yeah, very oddly. <laughs> uh, and so I think, actually, that was really interesting in college, just that piece of being in general women's studies and experiencing these desires and not feeling like I had a place there because I lived in the church and pursued that. But then also this topic wasn't talked about in the church, too, right? And so didn't feel like I had a place necessarily there at the time as well. Um, yeah, so that was a huge tension <laughs> in, that, in that era. <laughs> Do you think that this is the thing that I struggle with when I try to understand like, you know, third wave feminism mm-hmm. and do some read? Because I have a philosophy background, so I'm like, I'm going to nerd out about this stuff and just <laughs> read. One of the things that I struggle with is it's like for so much of this stuff, it goes back to Karl Marx and some other philosophical thinkers and then it just like i feel like there's no foundation it's there's like a lot of i shouldn't say there's no foundation there's a lot of assertion um based on people's experience you know what i mean like like why do we say why do we value someone's mental conception of their gender if it differs with their body when do we get to say well the mind's conception overrules the body's reality you know what i mean like yeah. What is what for for what you mm. gleaned from gender study? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't know like how into it you were. Like I think about like when I've learned about gender study, it's the matrix of 
your biological sex, the culture, the uh, the cultural expression, and your mental self. Yeah, gender identity, gender expression, gender performance, all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Gender performance. Yeah, how you? Yeah, that's more so like how you perform your gender. So like what like you wear, your your activities uh, that you pursue. That's more what what we've talked about in that regard. Mm -hmm. Is is there any? So how do you? Go ahead. No, Luke, you go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry that I exist. Um, that was a joke and no one laughs. This is very awkward and quiet. <laughs> uh, Luke, uh, um, like, what do you, I, I, I think the, within a lot of traditional Catholicism right now, or people who are kind of, mm-hmm. would identify as that, there's a tendency to just dismiss all of that. Um, is there like is is there like is that the right attitude? I would say no. Uh, well, I would say no in regards to don't dismiss it because there's obviously a person underlying there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and there's clearly some sort of wrestling going on or, or striving to understand identity. And so I would say don't totally disregard the person's experience because then you're not pressing into like actually getting to know them in their experience. Uh, and I think there is a reality that we do talk about gender a lot more nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is under a microscope. And so overplaying it and overplaying um, identities, I think, is also, you know, it's virtue ethics, right? <laughs> Virtues in the middle. Um, like also not wanting to overplay that entirely. Um, but we can't overlook the individual before us. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, and so that's where the personalist side of this comes yes. in. Um, you guys are super into the old theology of the body, mm-hmm. apparently. Apparently, ye old tob, old. Oh yes. So, what do you mean when you talk about? Because okay, so here, let me just read the tag from or the the part from the website, not the tag. Uh, Eden invitation celebrates ordered integration. Wow, it's a dope rhyme. Starts <laughs> off. I know this is a really wordy thing you're about to read. I know what's going to happen. Well, let me do it. In a, let, me, let me do it in an awesome, uh, a different voice, a different voice. Eden Invitation celebrates ordered integration for young Catholics, culturally defined as LGBT plus sign. We invite people to encounter an authentically Catholic anthropology and equip disciples for resurrected life in Christ. That's an epic mission right there. <laughs> so what do you mean by ordered integration? Hmm. You know, I think right now, uh, when we talk about the word chastity, we sort of mean like celibacy, and we mean don't touch each other. Um, whereas actually, if you look at the catechism, chastity is uh, the integration of our sexuality, right? So it's it's looking at who we are as male and female and all of these pieces, parts, um, and bringing it together, right, in in one person, um, one child of God. And so, you know, I, I think it's important, yeah, so when we talk about, you know, chaste living, like the Catechism talks about for people who experience same-sex attraction, um, there's more to it than just what you don't mm, do, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but what's, what is your yes in life, and how are you living your masculinity? How are you living mm. your femininity? Uh, how are you living the gift that you are? For me, the most liberating part of chastity is when I was reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church as a young man who was addicted to pornography. And I read the section on chastity that talks about chastity is about sexual integration. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I remember reading something from Christopher West where he talks about redemption, not repression. And so I struggled with that for a long time, but there was a paragraph in the catechism, uh, I'm just spitballing this, I don't have it in front of me, but where it basically says that there are laws of growth within the virtue of chastity that all too often involve failure. And, and reading that phrase brought so much peace to me, because as a man who consistently, repeatedly, ashamedly fell and hated myself and even was afraid of my sexuality, because of pornography and all that stuff, I, I always often when we're talking about like the curriculum of sharing, you know, the church teaching on, on chastity, it was, this is the ideal. You should already be here. And 
if you fail, you got to go to confession. You're, you, you are a failure. And when I look at it from the way the catechism mentions it, obviously it doesn't want you to sin. It's not saying that. But it's saying that there are laws of growth, that this is a virtue that, that could take you years and years to attain. And I feel like there is this strain when we, we have to be careful when we teach morality, which is we want to go to the end thing. And there can be this tendency where I'm not as good as, or I don't have this virtue or that virtue, and therefore I'm not even going to try. And it's in the struggle, it's in the laws of growth of attaining chastity that, that it becomes integrated. Like we will learn, for mm -hmm. instance, it's not enough for me to avoid pornography in order to have an integrated sexuality. Right. I have to be able to look at women without checking them out. I have to be able to appreciate women as women. I remember one time I was in confession, this priest goes, you know, I confess, I looked at pornography and he goes, and um, do you know why you shouldn't do that? And I literally gave like this textbook theology of the body, love and responsibility answer. Yep. And I was uh, like <laughs> 17 at the time. And he goes, wow, wow. Okay. I mean, you're right, but you kind of missed the point. And I was like, well, why? And he said, because that woman's made in the image of God. Why would you want to do that to her except love her? And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you know, like th there's something utterly unique and unrepeatable about that person that I need to honor. It's not just about me trying to rein in. White knuckling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's totally, that's true on many levels. And so when we look at it uh, from that perspective, like we need to see the beautiful, we need to be ordered in that integration. Yeah. I really like that. Eden invitation celebrates ordered <laughs> integration. I, I just imagine yeah, you guys. Party. I imagine you guys are like a theology on tap, and someone's like, "Hey, I just got ordered into <laughs> integration," and then everyone like you all like do like flaming Dr. Peppers or something. Everyone does a shot of wild turkey. Do you remember flaming Dr. Peppers? Can we go back to that <laughs> flaming Dr. Peppers? Oh. <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. I don't know liquor. I just drink beer. Let's go on. Anywho, uh, Shannon, how are how's skateboarding? Oh, yes, longboarding. Uh, longboarding I, I wish I had the coordination to do that. I tried, but I just like uh, failed. I just like failed miserably. Um, what, um, <laughs> like if you could describe. To, oh, sorry. What am I? I'm going to process out loud really quick. So buckle up, everyone. <laughs> Is this nonprofit is like who's your like quote unquote target audience with this? There's a lot of people out there, right? <laughs> There's a lot of need. Yeah, there are. Uh, but uh, indeed, yeah, like six billion, <laughs> I hear. Um, but um, I don't. Kind of the way we see it is that culture, right? Here we are, like standing on the shore, the solid ground of natural law, and the cultural ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. It's gone. It's it's no longer at the dock. It is unmoored. Lord knows where it's floating mm -hmm. off to. Um, and there's people of faith that are standing on the dock, watching the ship, you know, float away, looking over their shoulder at the shore and wondering where they belong. <laughs> um, do I, yeah, do, do I belong in that LGBT community? Do I belong in that culture? Do I belong in the church? I don't know where I fit. I don't know what to do with these desires. Um, that's where we want to be is in that space specifically. So it's, it's people of faith, um, Catholics, but also, you know, other, other Christians as well, um, who have some understanding of the church, some understanding of Christ, but also experience, um, either same sex desires, um, or perhaps some gender disidentification, um, and to say, Hey, what's mm -hmm. up? How's it going? You're not alone. Let's talk. And the reality with that too being that it comes from even our own experience, both Anna and I's, and realizing growing up that people either weren't talking about it, or if people were talking about it, it didn't come from their own experience. And so that being said, being able to say, yeah, no, I get it. I get it too. I get what it's like to experience these desires and to pursue the faith in the midst of it. I, I, um, have a feeling, and I, and I would be curious to get your take on on this. That right now, if you, if you know a person who experiences same sex attraction, if they were to uh, quote unquote like come out to their community, their group of friends about this, it might it um 
do you guys think it would be um better received and i don't mean in terms of like i I just, I just mean like is 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 that an easier within the church is this is that an easier conversation to have right now than it was even you know three four five years ago i mean i would say so i mean definitely like it's much easier than it was several decades ago for sure oh yeah um and i I, in a certain sense i i think it honestly i think it also depends on uh, who your friends are and and what Mm -hmm. what group you're sharing with and, and what their level of maturity and understanding of the church's teaching is um, cause even when, so that first blog, um, that we, that we shared, I mean, I was very, it was very clearly Christocentric. It was appealing to the universal. Like we all have unmet desire. Right. Mm-hmm. And we got some negative feedback that, Oh, is she, is she coming out? Is that what this is? I was like, Oh, oh really? Lord. <laughs> you know? Like they had these connotations with someone sharing publicly must mean they're in some way aligning with an agenda rather than just a human person being vulnerable. We are in today's political environment. We are incapable of looking at people, persons. I, 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 I'm, I just sit here and I think about the, all the stuff with Trump and Hillary and like all of these things going on. And I really, I really do believe it comes down to, we, we are a culture now that not only needs enemies, but we can't think of people as persons. They only mm-hmm. are categories. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why there is such blind hatred. Like To me, what woke me up was like in 2000 and, man, I don't know, 2014, about how everyone blamed Obama if you were conservative. And, you know, that's what, you know, the whole thanks Obama, you know, that whole thing got started. <laughs> okay. And it was, it's amazing. Like these people are no longer people. They're, they're the enemy. They're the other, they're whatever it. And we don't know how to treat people Mm. as people. And it is terrifying to me that, um, like one of the things that threw me off, like I am not a fan of Trump, but one of the things that really like early on, um, Trump went on Fallon, uh, the tonight show and people, people criticize Fallon for humanizing Donald Trump. And I remember being like, I think Donald Trump is, is, is horrific, but he is a human being. And I remember saying that to my conservative friends, like someone said, Barack Obama is the devil. And I said, he's not the devil. He's a human person. And you need to understand that there isn't, well, you know what I mean? I'm like, I do know what you mean. I don't think you know anymore what you mean. You are treating him like the devil. And it's, it's just, it's, it is fascinating to me and terrifying, honestly, to mm-hmm. how we're doing. It's it's really interesting how like powerful words are, you know, and because like one thing that really hit me and from the last time that we talked was like how I like was it really helped me frame the conversation. Because before, I think a lot of times my first kind of gut instinct was to say, like, well, just like say like they're gay. Like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, like why does this like and then I uh, heard my archbishop talk about how, you know, you don't ever want to let your like that's not a label per se Mm -hmm. for you. Like, don't like allow it to be like like who you are, you know, and I was like, okay, I kind of see what. He's like we're just like we're beyond just what our like orientations like there's a there's a lot more to a person than just mm-hmm. like that and then and so i kind of like found myself getting into this trap of saying so if you're a person who struggles with same sex attraction and then through and like through the like through the conversation we had last like last week i really learned that like the much more of appropriate thing i think and i would be curious to get everyone's like thoughts on this to say it would be a person who experiences same sex attraction because that's not because like because i think when we say struggle mm-hmm. like what if you don't view it as a struggle like what if you think it's great and like is that offensive <laughs> 
is it like wrong of me to put it that way because you like am, am i somehow alienating you by putting but it that way too, well that that too, but like also the piece of doesn't show necessarily like a sign of hope and <laughs> it's just saying struggling and, and that is the valid experience of some people yeah you know but in saying experience there's also this reality of it may not necessarily always be a struggle maybe a little bit more of a fleeting or passing thought you know and someone walking by and checking them out uh, but at the same time, yeah, not everybody experiences that as, as a struggle, but that also limits it to there being no hope in this situation. Yeah. 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 And it, um, and I just, I mean, so it, would you say like, and I really honestly don't like, don't, um, don't mean this as in what's the, what's the, what is the politically correct term, but I, but I mean like how, like, what's a way to put this in a in a in in a way that respects the human person would it be to say experience same-sex attraction you know i mean that's that's what we use and we actually even use the word more frequently uh the word desire uh more than attraction uh if we really want to get specific with our semantics uh do you want me to get specific with our semantics oh, oh yeah oh, a thousand percent <laughs> that's what podcasts are for so Semantics galore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here comes you the soapbox. You let everybody get the semantic. <laughs> uh. So we use this word attraction all the time, but I think when you think of attraction, what do you think of? Like, like a magnet. Like there's something pulling you from the outside, and the best that you can do is to like resist it, right? That's like all you can really do because it's, it's pulling you from the outside and it's dragging you. All you can do is resist this thing, right? Um, and fun fact, etymologically speaking, it does actually come from that, like to pull or to draw. Um, whereas like, we think of the word desire, right? It's like, here's something that's, it's kind of welling up inside of me, right? And we, it's a more religious term as well. Like we talk about God as the fulfillment of all desire, right? Um, and so in that sense, like, okay, well, here's this thing, this longing that's welling up inside of me and I don't need to like resist it, right? What I can do is I can actually redirect it towards what is good and true and beautiful. Mm. So my life is not about, let me resist this struggle, but it's how do I take my experience of desire and order it properly to, to its proper end? Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, especially from a moral theology perspective of we all have these inclinations or desires, the ultimately, and all desires are rooted in the longing for the good. And so, you know, even, even a desire that might be like you brought up the natural law that is contrary to the moral order and, you know, the natural order or whatever, there is an intense desire. Number one, there is a desire just for human community. Um, there's mm-hmm. the other desire for for love, the desire for erotic acceptance and experience. There's all of these legit desires, and the idea is how do we integrate them in an in an ordered way? Like Absolutely. ordered integration is it is really the perfect term, even though it might be a little <laughs> unwieldy for uh, you know the uh, freshman at University of Wisconsin Madison uh, trying to figure yeah. this stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I imagine what I mean by that is I imagine someone who like y'all are clearly steeped in the church's teaching. Like when you watch Shannon's video or you read the blogs, um, you get this sense that you have encountered the love of your life mm-hmm. and his name is Jesus Christ. And you are at home in his church. Like that's your family. Like that's your, this is your, this is your, I don't want to say like, sounds stupid, but this is your tribe. These are your people. And to understand that, uh, most of our culture doesn't receive that the way we frame things. You know, I I just finished Bishop Barron's book um, to light a fire on the earth. And it's a great book, John Allen and and Bishop Barron. And uh, he talks about, they talk about gay marriage and, and all this stuff. And it's really interesting that he says something similar to father James Martin, where I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you know this, but father James Martin talks often about, um, He's critical of the language in the catechism yes. because it just comes in the in the three or so paragraphs treating homosexuality. It brings up 
the homosexual design and it, and it is specific to distinguish between act and incline or attraction or whatever but it uses the phrase objectively disordered and i can remember talking about this back when i was a youth minister of high school students and i said now we're going to use a metaphysical phrase <laughs> that's that you're going to hear only through modern psychology and i said and it's not modern psychology it's metaphysics and that word is disordered right it's not ordered towards what it should properly be ordered but you're going to hear mm-hmm. i have a mental disorder and that's mm-hmm. not what the church is saying right but Bishop Barron was critical of that. Um, I don't have the book in front of me because, of course, like an idiot, I left it at, at work. But, um, but he talks about how we need to, we, if we're trying to catch up to people, you don't start off mm-hmm. with condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the problem around politically correct speech is we think it is a lie. It's a tooling around with the English language. But really what it is in, in a lot of respects, not all respects, but in a lot of respects, it's being polite. <laughs> and being a decent mm-hmm. human freaking being. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, and I was totally one of these people 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you probably couldn't have this conversation with me. Not be- because I was just like, anyone who doesn't think the way I do is just an idiot. You know, and you know, read more theology or something like that. But what I've realized is when you're trying to win people, you never forget who you are and where you're coming from, but you need to discover who they are. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing to do is to walk up to a man who's like, I, I'm gay. I don't have any problem with being gay. I'm in, involved in a relationship with another man. Uh, why should I care about being Catholic? And I'll be, I'll tell you why you should care about being Catholic. Cause you're going to hell cause you're objectively disordered. You know, like that, that is not a winsome attitude, you know, and, and Bishop Barron would caution against that. Um, yeah. So do you th- talk about labels, lesbian, gay, bisexual? I know that in, in Shannon's video and everyone go to the show notes, watch the video. It is awesome. Um, in Shannon's video, there is a lovely yeah. Lego word of bisexual spelled out. Um, what, what do you think of those labels? In terms? Yeah, so as uh, it kind of speaks to in the video, I don't personally identify by the label of bisexual, though I guess you could culturally describe that. Uh, but I think there's a reality is that we don't want to use necessarily a reductionist attitude by labeling ourselves only by our attractions and to not only identify as that. Um, right. But at the same time, like you were just saying, like we want to meet the person where they're at, you know, just as Christ did, like with the woman at the wall. And if someone wants to be called that, like, I'm not going to totally dismiss that experience. You know, I'm not going to totally dismiss their desire to identify with that label uh, because I don't want that to put up an entire barrier to even encounter them, you know? Um, And so I think there is in that regard, uh, a, a respect to how someone is using the label uh, because in reality, nobody's really going to come to an agreement on this topic um, because, you know, you have people on all sides wanting to figure out the label debate, right? Like what's okay to call people, what's not. Uh, and, and in doing that, we like often, I feel like politicize it and forget about the person in front of us. Yeah. So you have the book that came out literally on the same day as mm-hmm. Father James Martin building a bridge, why I don't call myself gay. Um, have you read mm-hmm. that book at all? I'm halfway through it. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. What What are your thoughts? I. Oh. Oh no. Can Can you hear me now? There we go. Oh. How, can <laughs> you, you hear me now? <laughs> You're good. We can. Okay, great. We can. I just uh, came up out of my parents' basement <laughs> to closer to the router. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mom, dad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. So you got, you literally have to start. <laughs> okay, great. The whole thing. Yeah, I, so, like you were talking, it was dead silent and you were talking. <laughs> great. Yeah. And then I just see your waveform flickering and I was like, oh no, she's talking. Oh no. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm halfway through the book. Uh, have a lot of respect for Dan Matson. We got to meet him at the Courage Conference. And the book is really him telling his story. And one of the things I think he does a really great job of is describing how, how complex his life is and, and how these little things over time and um, just how different events affected him and how different choices he made affected him and how things in his childhood affected him. Um, and you can tell he's really done a lot of just like kind of work on like looking at his life and, and growing in self-knowledge. And I think it definitely speaks to um, how just choice and consequence 
in, in the human life, um, which I think does have an effect in this area of, it has an effect in the area of sexuality. And I think that's something our culture doesn't want to talk about. Um, and I think he does a really good job of saying, hey, look, this is actually how this affected my life. Did both of you grow up in Catholic homes? Um, I oh, Go ahead. I did. Yes. Shannon, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I did, but it was a lot more uh, like nominally Catholic. So didn't wasn't required that I went to mass necessarily or anything like that. So um, we have like we have a lot of listeners who are just all over the place in terms of what's going on with uh, with, with just with, like in their lives <clears throat> um, for for like or like listeners who do uh, experience same sex desires. Uh, <laughs> um, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> like. And they're like, they haven't told their parents about this yet. They haven't, um, they have not told their families. Could you just like talk a little bit about like what your experience was when you started to just like, you know, open up about that and, and like perhaps even just some like advice on how to go about having that conversation? How to share, like open up with, with friends and family? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with family like your parents. Specifically, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, I I don't recommend what I did, which was I told them over the phone. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and I told them over the phone like a few months before I was going to release a blog <laughs> to the world. <laughs> so to be honest, I mean, it was something that like, I mean, I love my parents. My parents are amazing. Um, and but I think it's just one of those things, right? In the church and in culture, it was like, well, I don't know what they're going to think. Like, are they going to be worried that like, I'm not going to have grandchildren or what's this, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Ah, crap. And we lost her. Yeah. Yep. I'm here. (laughs) There we go. There it is. Oh, there you go. Sorry. I just told my parents to get off the internet. So hopefully this helps. (laughs) Mom, quit watching Punisher. I know that the Marvel stuff is great. (laughs) <laughs> watch a punisher in ultra hd takes up so much bandwidth which by the way i do want to say me and my wife just finished the season of the punisher <laughs> so very topical so wait so just <laughs> real quick cut out. you i'm gonna yeah it cut out well i i this is what i got you said something like i don't recommend and then it cut out and then, and then you said then over the phone <laughs> and then blah 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 blog to the world <laughs> i mean that basically sums it up that's the cliff notes so when I told them, I said, hey, this is my experience. And oh, by the way, part of the reason I'm telling you is because I think I'm going to start a nonprofit. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> oh, okay, dear. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, that's, so, that's so millennial of you. I love it. The blog post is already written. Here's people that are like watching it. Uh, um, how'd that go? No, they, they received it really well, honestly. I think there was some surprise for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean they received it well we've definitely had a lot of conversations since uh just about you know about my life and me like filling them in on details that i you know hid from them over the years um just cuz you know there's that shame there's that shame factor that i think affects so many people um who, yeah, you want to live a certain way and you want to look a certain way. It affects all of us, right? I mean, we're not even a sexuality thing, but if we want to present ourselves a certain way, we want to be seen a certain way. And when there's something in our experience that goes against that picture, we're trying to project to the world. uh, We're embarrassed and we want to hide. Yeah. Shannon, what about you? How, uh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, my mom and I have always had a really close relationship. And so I was sharing with her at a pretty young age in high school. Uh, and two, she just was very comfortable talking about sexuality um, and relationships. And so there was just like a lot of, and I, I come from a family of all women as well. And so that conversation was just always kind of happening among everyone. Um, and so, yeah, that was really easy to have that conversation with my mom about my own experience of attraction. But I will say, I think it's been interesting, like I said, with my, my background in the faith growing up, uh, starting this nonprofit is a little bit more, I'm realizing we have to like catechize (laughs) in a totally different way. Um, you know, both 
people from my own generation and friends as I'm sharing with them what I'm doing, but also even to like my parents and parents' friends as I'm telling, hey, <laughs> you know, this is going to be my job now um, that, yeah, I'm going to be talking about experiencing same-sex attraction. And so having to actually speak to what the church is teaching is on it, but also speaking to what it means to like recognize the human person before you as well and to receive them with charity. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit more my experience in that regard as there was, uh, at least I know from a young age with my mom sharing pretty young. Mm -hmm. My mom, I, I feel like if this were happening in my family, my mom would be like, honey, I love you. I support you. Uh, you know, I'm here for you. I'm going to pray for you every day. Um, but do you have to tell people? Do you have to? Do you have <laughs> yep. to start a nonprofit? Like that's Does totally my mom. My mom. <laughs> yeah. So funny story about that. Like three or four times as a kid, my mom told me that if I was gay, it'd be totally fine. Mm -hmm. And it got mm -hmm. to point where I was like, "Does mom think I'm gay?" <laughs> like a few times. <laughs> And am I gay? <laughs> My mom is pretty insistent. <laughs> so that I that I get a lot of laughs. I apologize if that was um, offensive. I did not mean well, for that. No, I mean it's interesting anyway. because parents want to, and this goes to Luke putting both feet in his mouth. The last time we recorded this <laughs> was you. You want to be supportive of your friends. You want to be a safe person that they can share that with, but you don't know how to do it because they haven't explicitly shared it one way or the other with you so mm. you know so it's like a mom being like you know i have my suspicions if you are gay i love you and it totes fine high five like i just <laughs> so the funny thing was luke was trying to be like so when i have my gaydar up high on certain people how do i let them know that i know that they know that i know <laughs> yeah because well, you know like you like really do because like the like the story that i really hate hearing you know, is when like I have like have a friend who was too scared to to tell us because of like how like how like we um we would like react. And my first thought is like I would have been the most supportive person in the world, you know. And I would wanted to have been there for you any way that I can. And I'm trying to you know. And I don't want I like don't ever want any of my friends or any of my family members to be scared to tell me about things like this. I like, I've, and I've always felt that way. And I think, I think it was a little bit different that, you know, like in the, in the late nineties and, you know, up until like really like the past couple of years to where it's, I think it's just, it is kind of an easier, it's an easier conversation to have, but it doesn't mean that it's an easy conversation. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people um, who, yeah, they don't really know who to share with or who's going to be okay with this. Um, and I know I've experienced, I mean, I feel really blessed to have a lot of friends who are just incredibly supportive. Um, but I remember, you know, I think every time you're going to tell a new person, you're going to tell a new group of friends, um, or you're going to explain why Catholic match dating for you just feels a little more complicated, like at your book club, you know, uh, <laughs> you're just a little nervous. You are like, even though you've shared it with other people and you're like, I feel confident about this part of me. But in that moment, it's like, but what are they going to say, right? Because I think we don't talk about it a lot as a church. And so I don't necessarily know what they think about this, right? Because it's just mm -hmm. not always discussed. Yeah. So I think the more that we can be talking about it and have conversations like this, then hopefully in the future, Luke, you know, those friends for, for you or for whomever, you know, like, oh, gosh, well, I've heard them talk about this. Mm -hmm. I, I think I know that they would welcome me and that they would love me and I feel comfortable because I've I've heard them talking about it mm, yeah yeah because that gives people permission to talk about it <laughs> you know totally. a little bit more freedom to be sharing there yeah and mm. whatever our, our stuff is you know I think we can all <laughs> I think every Catholic community can do a better job of being more real yeah. you know I mean how often you know you go to Obviously, you know, there's, there's prudence and sharing and all of that, but, um, just to be honest, to move beyond small talk, to, uh, to not make our daily life like Instagram when we interact yeah. with people, you know, <laughs> but to Look recognize that like, we're, all journey, right? <laughs> we're all on a journey, we've all got stuff and let's like not pretend that we don't. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Luke, the perfect one among us. Uh, still got that perm. Um, 
So we have about six or seven minutes or so um, together. And I wanted to let you all talk about where you see um, Eden Invitation going in the future. If people want to bring you to maybe their theology on tap, because I know your your focus is not on high school students and middle school students or anything like that right now. Your focus is right. principally on young adults, which is great. Great. Because totally that people are leaving the church uh, <laughs> at the young adult age. And I can only imagine what people who have same-sex desires are thinking, like, I have no place here. And yet they come to a theology on tap and here you are. So why don't we just um, give you all an opportunity to kind of talk about the future and, and where people can find you all and donate and how they can bring you to their own theology on tap events or other type of events. The floor is yours. The floor. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So actually recently we've been talking a lot about what our plans are for 2018. And part of that comes from, we want to obviously be speaking about this more, both in talks, like you said, theology on tap, but we want to be connecting more and more with people experiencing this, whether that's through doing, we want to do a YouTube channel, <laughs> answering like practical questions and practical conversation pieces like the morality of a drag show or top signs of a codependent friendship, because Lord knows that that's something that I probably could have used in college, right? Um, so we want to be having honest conversations about these questions. So yeah, launching a YouTube video. Uh, we want to launch more, like we said, with Anna's uh, Anna's video, we want to have as well, like catechetical resources for, you know, though we're not speaking directly to teens, for a youth minister to be able to use that, you know, and to show her video and and to speak about the church's teaching and to speak about the experience of the person. Uh, and to to also, we want to launch online small groups, which is a huge thing, uh, because again, like there is such a beauty and a need for community and vulnerability. And the reality is, is one, like we were just saying, like we're not being real with our stuff this day and age, especially like on the parish level. Um, but even too, in experiencing these desires, there can be, you know, a sense of isolation with that piece. So having a, a space where we can have an online small group focused on a book, like we're reading Henry Nowen's Can You Drink This Cup? Um, so having like a Christ-centered focus, inviting people into what it means to be vulnerable and before the Lord, uh, with ourselves, with others, and how we can offer that back. Um, and so essentially, those are just like three of the big things we want to be doing next year, uh, just to create, again, more dialogue, to create a space for um, Catholics experiencing this to be invited into the life of the church, which is beautiful. <laughs> we need that. Uh, and the reality is, is that we can't do this alone, as you know. And so we're currently doing a Giving Tuesday campaign, which is coming up this Tuesday. And we need support in order to make these videos, uh, both the testimonial videos, the YouTube channel, the resources for these videos, as well as the small groups possible and to make them accessible to people who may be in isolation, uh, people who might not have community. We need help to make it possible. Uh, So if you guys want to be given, uh, we like to give integrated and live integrated. And we want to invite people to support this mission, to support uh, calling people out of hiding and into the light of Christ and into community and an integrated life. Uh, so you can find us at EdenInvitation.com. Uh, but particularly this year with the Giving Tuesday, uh, EdenInvitation.com slash donate. Uh, and you can give a tax-deductible gift, year-end giving, and really just help make all of these happen uh, because we can't do it without support. Uh, we are a community, uh, and we are stewards of God's gifts, and uh, the Lord asks us to bring those forth. So anyone listening, if you are interested in supporting this, yeah, we would love to invite you into inviting others into an integrated life. Ordered integration, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> Ordered integration. Love it. Yes. Um, it celebrate is, it is good. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Like honestly, <laughs> I um like um this whole thing has been so like just on my heart for a really long time because coming from within a family where just uh you know, how do I put this? Um we had a lot of like gay people at our house a lot and, and like in our lives and so it uh growing up and like you know then going to a school like Subedeville and trying having to, to like 
I don't know. Sorry. What, what am I? What am I trying to say here? I think this is really. I think this is very important. What you are doing, I think it's one of the most important things I've heard anyone do in the last like twenty years within the church. I'm, and I'm not being hyperbolic here because I I see and I understand how big of an issue this is, and this is so important to me that we talk about this stuff in a way that respects the human person and I've, that's been driving me crazy for the last like fifth for the last like 15 years and i'll to be you know to be blunt I, I don't know a lot about uh about how courage works but like this what you guys are doing is the first group that just really excites me about this stuff and like doesn't bum me out and I'm like so thrilled that you're doing what you guys are doing. So if there's anything that we, our podcast can do for you guys, do not hesitate to ask. You are always welcome back on, even just do a pitch for, um, or for like more money or something like open, open invitation at any point in time. An Eden invitation, open invitation <laughs> to you all. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. I watch your Giving Tuesday video, and um, yeah, so we will we will blanket social media. You know, Saint Teresa of Avila is supposed to have said, "With God's help, I can conquer myself. With God and money, I can conquer the world." And uh, you know, in talking with Matt Frad, who you know he went solo <clears throat> with his podcast, we were talking about living the dream. Yeah, there are <laughs> there are so many atheists. Um, podcasts and youtube channels and they get tons of financial support because they're they're on mission and the amazing thing is you can't bother catholics with sacrificial giving they'll give if they have enough money and then they won't give like it doesn't matter if they like it or not there's always a small percentage that actually donates but um but the people who get on board like we need more catholics to give more money to more organizations, especially like yourself, because you are, and anyone who reads your blog posts or watches your video will know you are so in love with Christ. It, it is, it is awesome. Like I, I shared it with my wife. As soon as I read your blog, I'm like, Shannon, you need to read this. That's my wife. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Shannon. Ochoa, right. So I, was like, I know you need to read this right now. This is awesome. Yeah. I called you to tell you to read your own thing. I don't know um, my own life. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, but no, and so uh, my, I mean, I'm, I, I sent it out to about three or four people, one of whom is, um, is going to be a priest. And I'm just like, this is the thing. This, these are the people that are doing the thing that we need to have. And uh, the last time when we had y'all on the show, <laughs> the, uh, I told the story, though, about how I was at, I, I met you guys at Encounter Milwaukee. Uh, which was so awesome. And I had just discovered your website like uh, four days earlier. And when they told me that you were there, I was like, okay, I got to meet him. I got to meet him. I got to meet him. And I had walked by y'all, saw Flannery O'Connor. Still don't understand why you had that book there, but I'm happy. <laughs> Integration. <laughs> of course. Integration. Of course. Integration. Yeah. Everybody integrated tonight. Yeah, but I totally ditched everything to have the conversation with you guys at the end of the night. And uh, it was, it was spot on. Like, thank you so much for your ministry. I think it, it is great. I'm happy that I ditched uh, half of the stuff at encounter <laughs> Milwaukee at the end of the night as, as you guys are desperately trying to pack up and go. And I'm like, I, got, I have a podcast. You should come on the show. And I was so nervous. because I just Maybe afterwards you can, you can come on my podcast. What? Sorry. I just trying to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hello, I got to go now. Yeah. So anyways, now's your turn to praise us. Go on. You're amazing. <laughs> sure, sure. We all know that. But anyways, that's good. Uh, where can people find you guys on Twitter or on Instagram or any of that good stuff? We are staying off Twitter as a matter of principle. Uh, but we yeah. are on uh, Facebook. I mean, screw those assholes. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Eden Invitation. And, but seriously, guys, thank you so much for having us on twice. The, the day before Thanksgiving <laughs> while you're at, at your parents' house. Thank you for coming yeah, on our show. Podcasting catching foxes. I'm sure you've heard of them. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, 
your parents are like, you're going to be at Catching Foxes? Well, shit, take the Wi-Fi. Rob's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll stop watching Punisher right now so you can go on Catching Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This is uh, uh, yet again Eden Invitation, as if we didn't say it enough. Uh, Giving Tuesday is this Tuesday. This episode will come out on Friday. So um, after you've recovered from your, your turkey coma, uh, wake up and give all your money away to eat an invitation. It's going to be awesome. Thank you both so much for coming on. Uh, Luke, where can people find you? At the Luke V. At the Luke V. Never gets old. And you know what? I'm not really freaking on Twitter. So if you want to write something to at Lay Evangelist, go ahead. I will check it probably once a month. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have started to. Oh, so I've been more. At... No, 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 please. I was. <laughs> Damn this slight <laughs> delay. Uh, I have I have ditched Twitter. I deleted Twitter and Facebook from my phone for like a week or two weeks. Two weeks maybe. And then I put them back on and like I have no desire to I, I used to be on them all the time. I'm just like, nope, done. I don't I don't need the drama in my life. I don't. Celebrate no more drama. You know, nice. Uh mm. I am active on our Instagram at catching underscore foxes and our Facebook account is Facebook.com slash catching foxes podcast. We're on Twitter at C Foxes Podcast and on Snapchat, not really, because Snapchat is for whores. <laughs> I mean that in like a very general sense. That's Luke, that's maybe we can Luke, that part that out. Still, <laughs> that still applies to you. So I, I know. Mm. Listen. I, uh, <laughs> no, there's no coming back. Thank you all. I will edit that one out. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>